Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Oh, right. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. In fact, we are back for season two. Welcome back, boys. We're full stock here. We've got Mitch here on my left, Has also on my left. So that's not very descriptive, but welcome, boys. Welcome back to season two. It will be episode 16. What an occasion up and about. Yep. Exciting times. Great to be back. It's been, uh, it's been far too long. Uh, since I've been in the studio, as we like to call it. How's, uh, how's your voice? It sounded very loud there. And Skinner, do you sound just as asleep as ever, which was magnificent, but I think we fixed that up now. Uh, guys, a couple of things that the listeners need to be aware of, obviously, um, is that there has been a slight format change um, because we were going hideously over time um, most often. Um, we have indeed had to sort of scale back a little bit and and make sure that we actually do two episodes um, now. So basically any time that we interview a guest, in fact, we have got one later in the week that we will release and, and that is with uh, Kate McCarthy, a very, very successful women's AFL player uh, who's just moved from the Brisbane Lions to St Kilda. So we'll have her in a standalone episode later in the week. Uh, and this one, obviously the first one in the week, um, that will just be our sporting rap and, and sort of our skin stat segment, which always gets hit with so many emails. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then social simbin and things like that and just a general rap of the sport. So that is very, very important. I reckon it's awesome also just to spend that little bit extra time with athletes if we get them on board or whoever we talk to on our interview just to get that in-depth insight into their lives and then also have a bit of a laugh with them. Absolutely has. Uh, could not be more correct. Um, in fact, it was your idea as well, so I know why you're <laughs> giving yourself <laughs> a rap. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. You don't uh, use my ideas too often, so uh, when you do, I've got to get happy about it. This one is very strong, has. Perfect. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's awesome. And then, obviously, uh, we do have a couple of exciting things coming up. Mitch has been working hard on a website here, so we'll have that for you. Uh, at some stage, um, but obviously, in the meantime, you please do go to uh, go to Apple, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Make sure that you know because there are going to be episodes coming thick and fast now. Make sure that you know when they're dropping. Obviously, rate it, particularly if you like us, that'd be handy. If you yeah. don't, then feel free to. Yeah, maybe a private message. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, maybe yeah. hold off on the ratings if it's <laughs> just hold there. All right, uh, has you're going to kick us off because we've got a cricket wrap. Yeah, well, I'm not sure it was a great idea to have a couple of weeks break in between seasons because we've got a lot of stuff to catch up on today, especially with cricket and uh, starting with the WBBL. So the Women's Big Bash started and the Adelaide Strikers and Sydney Thunder are on top of the leaderboard with uh, the Melbourne Stars sitting last. And uh, last year's... Sitting last? <laughs> That's not where you want to be sitting. <laughs> Certainly not, but only early days. They've only played uh, four games each, I think, each team and uh, a couple of teams just playing three, but... But yeah, not, not the best start. I think they I don't think they've won a game, Melbourne, unfortunately. Yeah, no, yeah. I just like the way you worded that. I was <laughs> anxiously <laughs> waiting for who was coming third. sitting. It's like yeah, they're sitting in a really nice position. <laughs> <laughs> sitting last. Uh, I guess uh, on home soil here up in Queensland, last year's winners, the Brisbane Heat, had two wins from four games. Uh, 
one of the overseas players from New Zealand, Amelia Kerr, has uh, shown some serious skills with the ball. I think we've seen the highlights uh, on social media a fair bit, bowling her wrong and sort of very rarely get picked by the batters and uh, contributing with the bat as well, especially in her most recent game versus the Hurricanes with 28 off 18, uh, showing some, some good hitting there. And Beth Mooney, of course, also been extremely consistent with the bat in hand for the Heat and uh, she will need to continue her dominance at the top of the order, I think, if the, the Heat are to go back-to-back this year. And has the, uh, the obviously the women's big bash been run as like a standalone competition this year as well? Because we have obviously in the past there's been some overlap between that and then the the men's big bash, uh, but this this year it all winds up before that BBL starts. Is that correct? Yeah, I like that, and I think uh, that means it gives gives people a chance to watch again still that one or two games a day of big bash instead of trying to fit in heaps of cricket or in that short period when the men and women play together. You know, people don't have time to watch that many. Maybe when the when the two uh, two genders are playing at the same time, so it's good to spread it out. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have actually talked about the fact that the season goes for seven months of the year um, on this podcast before the male season. I think when you first came on, we grilled you about that, about how many games you play and you've got to play every team eight times and stuff. <laughs> plenty of cricket, plenty yeah. of cricket, especially with other formats thrown in there, but it's definitely yeah. a busy time of year. But I think uh, with the with the women this year, I think it's got to be the Sydney Sixers uh, that I would tip to win. Just Just... Um, you know, despite the fact that I want the Heat to win, um, but you I are think quite patriotic for the teams that you play for, right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see them do well. I know a lot of the the Heat girls pretty well, so yeah, it'd be good to see them get get that success again. But yeah, the Sydney Sixers just have a lot of international experience in their team, notably their top three: Elise Perry, Alyssa Healy, and Ash Gardner. Uh, have all contributed well so far to their two wins from three games, and and they're going to be pretty tough to stop. Uh, I think also another one to watch out for is 16-year-old Phoebe Litchfield, who uh, was oh, unearthed yeah. by the Sydney that. Thunder. That was unbelievable. The ramp shots and everything coming out. Yeah, so she's made quite the first impression, especially in a player of the match game against the Heat uh, uh, with her match-winning 52 not out of 48 balls. A couple of lower scores in there too in a, in a few of the games she's played, but that's to be expected in T20 cricket. You don't you don't get half centuries every game, especially coming in in the middle order. Sometimes you get a rotate the strike a couple of times and then it's... Uh, bit of pressure on you to hit some boundaries and sometimes it just doesn't come off. Mm, correct. Very fair. Mm-hmm. It's handy though when you go back to grade 11 and t- t- yeah. what did you do last night? Uh, just a couple of ramps and <laughs> dominated in the big bash. Handy stories. Yeah, crazy. Crazy to think of that age. She's, uh, she's already playing at that level. Um, and uh, an interesting one, probably an unwanted but increasingly regular event actually occurred at Junction Oval in the Renegades versus Scorchers WBBL game with the fire alarm going off at Junction Oval, causing the stadium to be evacuated and play to be stopped. Are you saying that this is, did you say increasingly regular? Like that's happened more than once? Yeah, it's yeah. actually happened. Actually, I know Mitch said he hasn't hasn't heard it happen too often, but at, uh, at AB Field a couple of times we've been playing playing games there and domestic games and and yeah, so the, the culprit in this piece, which in this uh, place, which was also at AB Field a couple of times, was burnt toast being left in the toaster for too long. <laughs> well, I just can't believe that. I mean, uh, Lethal, I know you're not very useful in the kitchen, but yeah, how he's hard he's can it be? <laughs> well, they're riveting games of cricket. You know, you just got to take your off the toaster for one minute or, uh, or whatever yeah. it is. And That's, I don't know. You've got a timer on it. We've had some serious toaster issues in this house too. Everyone we get always trips the power, just uh, burns yeah. out circuits as well. So maybe they've got like a similar, like probably stop buying your toasters at Kmart potentially. Oh, uh, yeah, that could be. So hey, you got to give them a break. Every toast is a bit different. Sometimes the three on, on one toast is totally different to the three on, a, on another toaster. So. Mm. Yeah, fair point. Also, sorry to come out, obviously, proud sponsor of the show. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I can't imagine that. It'll hurt their, <laughs> hurt their financials too much. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's, no, it's not a great look for uh, professional sporting events, but I'm not sure what they can really do about it there, boys. Like, they can't turn off the fire alarms for probably health and safety reasons, I'd say. Yeah, and uh, I mean, do they throw out the toaster altogether? I know there'd be an uproar from the players there because players yeah. love their toaster. Never throw the baby out with the bathwater, do you, Has? Uh, they, they do say that. I'm not sure how it relates, but. Uh, what actually does that expression mean? Oh, that's the first time I've ever heard it. Oh, skin you on can, a bit of culture in your like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you actually haven't heard that before. No. Can someone look that up, please? We'll just have yeah, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'll get onto it. Sorry, has continue. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. My my only, I guess, realistic suggestion as a player, it sounds good too. But do you hire a toast making person for the players just yeah. to just to make toast and sandwiches? Toast there is there is a fair bit of uh, arguments that go on in the in the cricket dressing rooms at our in our games about you know making sure that if you make if you make a toaster, you also offer everyone else in the dressing room a toasty as well. Cool. So no, um, like, we're talking about proper toasties here, like. 
that's genuine like ham cheese tomato, like Redlands Toasties or? Yeah, they should start hiring the Tiger stuff. Definitely not as good as Redlands Toasties, <laughs> but. Not no. many things are. No. <laughs> Skin would any luck on the baby bathwater situation there? Is an idiomatic expression for an avo- avoidable error in which something good is eliminated when trying to get rid of something bad. That is the most confusing definition I've ever heard. So Does it mean in layman's terms? It means like uh, you'd be rejecting the favourable along with the unfavourable. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well summarised, has. So you're trying to stop fire alarms and you get rid of toast quality toasties. Oh yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Not well, that's fair. Not ideal. That's good. Yeah. No, okay. Excellent. Um, but yeah, that gets my vote. Has the professional, the professional toasty I'm maker? Not sure how the budget's looking? To be. <laughs> 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 hire someone to make toasties. That's not bad. Yeah, the great group fees will be going up again next year. Oh, <laughs> no more, please. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah, fair enough. Has it's quality. That's a great wrap again. Welcome back to you, Has. Great to have you. Um, Cheers. And uh, very good wrap introduction. Now, Skinner, you're going to do something you're not very comfortable with here. Uh, what is that? Speak. Rap. <laughs> what? I actually like rapping, but give us the rap of the Australia versus Sri Lanka situation. So not your favourite um, type of rap. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, no, yeah, not my favourite, but I'll, I'll have a crack regardless. Um, so, yeah, Australia have started a, a T20 series against Sri Lanka. Um, it's essentially what inspired us to get season two underway, really. We didn't realise yeah. that an international cricket game was already occurring. Yeah, so we probably so, had to cover that one. Yeah, October. Uh, it's pretty early, isn't it? Yeah, early doors. Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, regardless, the, the the Aussies sort of dominated the first game. I think it's safe to say they ended up winning by 134 or something ridiculous yeah, in a 20 over game. Spot on there. Uh, thanks, Az. They are making up the numbers there, Sri Lanka. That was ludicrous. Yeah, that was yeah, that was tough to watch. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously Warner Warner made his maiden T20 international hundred um, off off just 56 rocks. So not a bad day, not a bad birthday. As there you go. I didn't know it was his birthday. Yeah, it was a good birthday present for him there. Yeah. Back into a bit of form for the Aussies. Yeah, that's quality. We're actually going to cover a little bit of David Warner and Glenn Maxwell stuff in the social simbin today, boys. Um, they're yeah, not yeah. in it. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, just they're talked about quite frequently. Yeah, no, that's true. Looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, we're going to be excited there. <laughs> that's literally as excited as Mitch gets. As, yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's my prime has, leave me alone. Um, but yeah, no, Maxi obviously obviously was pretty clinical as well and Aaron Finch dominated early doors. Um, so that was nice. And they, they, what did they set? 233, which is yeah, always going to be a pretty tough chase in 20 overs. Yeah, you um, don't see that many scored in a T20 too often. So, nah, yeah. Nah, but yeah, you're probably hoping for a slightly more valiant effort from Sri Lanka. Um, oh, only mattered. Just it. like, what I don't understand is one thing has you might be able to talk me through, but... Like Lassit Malinga finished with like nine off seventeen when they're chasing seventy two runs yeah. and over. <laughs> can it, well, can it just I mean, have a dip. Like it doesn't really matter if you get bowled out for a hundred and ten or or yeah, your way to it, lose by one hundred and sixty runs. I don't know how he's how he's convinced the captain to put him at. I think he was at number nine um, <laughs> when he averages I think six with the bat or something <laughs> at, a, at a strike rate of seventy or eighty. Yeah. So uh, that might even high. be higher than what he actually is, but. Uh, but that yeah, he obviously worked worked hard in the nets recently on his batting, and uh, they, they put him up there. But he nah. looks solid. He just looked like he was batting out for a draw. Yeah, twenty twenty. Uh, it's it's an average booster, isn't it? Mm. You got to do that as a tail ender. You know, bat yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to do that as a number three. Sometimes I've found that's what I tend to do. Yeah, yeah. It's quite an art, you know, being able to stay not out at the end of an innings while still look like you're trying to whack. <laughs> it was not an art against us on Saturday, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that, that was that was sort of strange to see see how how they approached that because I think at, at one stage they were like four for fifty after ten, which was um, yeah pretty bizarre. But oh well, yeah, I guess you know they, you always thought they were a chance starting off the innings when there's a you know, flat Adelaide pitch, short mm. square boundaries, but yeah, didn't get didn't get close. Yeah, no, exactly. And oh, the other one, the one last thing I wanted to mention: Did anyone notice the? run rate required at the last ball of the innings. I think it was about 870 <laughs> runs <laughs> per over. That is so that's pretty tough to get batting off there. That's been <laughs> a few, a few, a few balls. Wides, yeah. Yeah. Adelaide's pretty long straight, but um, I don't think you're running 800. There <laughs> yeah. um, you go, boys. Let me a couple of talking points from this game. Skin, to, to back up your rap, I'm going yep, to get your opinion on. on this. Uh, slightly controversial one, probably not a popular opinion, but um, and also when you're on 232 as a team in – 
your 20 overs probably doesn't really come down to uh, to hurt you too much. But uh, David Warner on 99 facing the last ball of the innings. Uh, yes, you did have a blow up about this. <laughs> yeah, I was not impressed. Yeah. Last ball of the innings. Never at any stage was he intending to hit the ball for six or four. He was always blocking it to get his 100. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, probably yeah, a little bit selfish really, but. Probably, I'm not going to spray him too much when he's just peeled off 99 off 55. And so, yeah, you yeah, the right to block the last ball, do you reckon, when we're on 232? I mean, like, we've seen some high scores get chased down in yeah. one day cricket, like, yeah. recently. Like, if you're not, if they were playing England, it's silly like that. Like it came yeah. in and chased down. That's right. <laughs> Surely could come and get it with a ball to spare. Surely that doesn't get, I don't know, yeah. like mentioned in the team meeting. I guess for me, the difference between 99 and 100 is one run uh, for a lot of people it's it's more than that uh, and i'm sure the selectors see it as that uh, i'm not sure in t20 cricket it's as much of a difference as in is in uh test cricket because in test cricket once you get to 100 then you can go on with it and get 200 you can't really do that in t20 cricket so uh, if he'd gotten out for 99 I, I i think he should be just as happy as if he was not out on 100 yeah uh, but you know saying that what would I do in his shoes? I'm not sure. I'd like to think I'd try and hit a six. Uh, not that he could have done it with that ball he got, but... Yeah, that was um, the other thing I was going to say. It was a pretty good rock. Yeah, yeah no, no, You no, can't no, do too no, much ball with it. it was, no, it was a general... Would, would be nice to see him try. Good pill, but he was always going to block it. Like, his bat didn't get above his waist. <laughs> <laughs> he was just blocking it to cover for one. So, that was the only reason I was asking. In, in the end, it was quite well executed, but you just think that sort of one ball to go, you tan it up. Yeah. Mate, you don't get to do your no. big celebratory jump and punch the air if you get 99, do you? No, well, that's yeah, true. No, that's true. needs yeah. that the, like, revenant blow yeah. the air down the Maybe it's on a media and... contract or something. It'd give them something to get up and about over. No. What, what, what would they have used for the back page of the sports uh, session yeah, the exactly. next day if you didn't get that jump no, in? got the big no. photo. That's a good point. Yeah, well, there's plenty at play there, boys. That's yeah. fair enough, actually. Very, very good. Um, all right, well, let's go on to uh, the Marsh Cup. We're mixing some Marsh Cups, so some one-day games, uh, through the Sheffield Shield format, which I've found very exciting. It's been awesome. Um, we've spoken, I think, in Season 1 about how good WA's team are, so it's no surprise to obviously see them on top of the table with the lineup that they have. Uh, they're four wins from five. Um, Queensland were three from three. They'd started very, very well, um, but have now lost their last two, in fact, haven't they, Has um, Yeah. Which is... Disappointing news. Now you've obviously sat the last one out with a uh, with a broken digit. Yeah, it's a shame to miss that last one. Um, it, the, the guys fought hard after a tough start, losing four early wickets at the Gabba. Probably a tougher wicket for the batters there, and and uh, they they batted first in probably tougher conditions and nicked a couple early. But but yeah, it wasn't wasn't the end we were hoping for or, or expected. That's for sure. And it sort of looked like you'd won it to be fair, and then Adam Zampa just out of the fire just. Played an absolute serious knock with 35 not out off of 15, um, which is probably not an innings that you'd often associate with Adam Zampa. Yeah. No, I was there watching and the guys were in good spirits, uh, I guess, with where we were at, uh, but still nervous because you never know what could happen. And, yeah, it was a tough one. Billy Billy Stanlake, I think his plans usually uh, bowl pretty short at the batter's head, especially at the Gabbers, long square boundaries, short straight. But uh, Adam Zampa was able to back away and swat him back over his head off Bumpers a couple of times, which is pretty pretty good effort. Yeah, that's right. And then they play uh, they play another game. So Queensland plays another game at Metricon Stadium, isn't it? So it's down the coast. When's that? It's on Thursday. So uh, so it'd be interesting there. Um, I think you know we, the wicket. Uh, you never know what the wicket's going to be like there. It could be a little bit... You've some stinkers there in the yeah. big bash. Especially <laughs> practice games leading up to that, but but they haven't had a lot of time to prepare, I guess, with AFL during the season. And, uh, yeah, it can be a bit bit soft, the wicket, and, and a bit crumbly, so we'll, we'll wait and see how it is. But, but yeah, spin might really come into play there. And, uh, and I reckon you might want to bat first while the wicket's still at its hardest. Uh, have you passed that on to Usman has? <laughs> I think I think he's uh, he's smart enough to, to, know, <laughs> to, to know what he wants to do. <laughs> Played a few, yeah, no, very fair. Uh, probably the biggest surprise, actually, guys, is uh, is the fact that obviously New South Wales has had access to most of their Australian players, uh, and which they, is most of the Australian, which players. is the Australian team, yeah. essentially. Um, that's an ongoing joke for the last forty years. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, they have obviously they've had Warner, Smith, Cummins, Stark, uh, Hazelwood, and Nathan Lyon, and then they've like even their even their crapper players are like guys like Moses Henriquez, uh, Sean Abbott, like Peter Neville, all guys that have also played for Australia. So uh, not the worst side there, to be fair. 
Um, but they're, they're, what, they've won one from five games, so mm. they're actually struggling quite a bit. Yeah. Their last defeat was to Tasmania, who obviously didn't boast any international experience. Or maybe like six games between their whole team. <laughs> maybe um, a few more, but, but yeah. They had Matt Wade, despite a few. James Faulkner, but... Apart from that, definitely on the story there. Zero. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't expect that. In the last game against Tassie was when they were genuinely full-strength New South Wales. They, they had a couple of weaker teams, weaker, but still very strong earlier on in the comp. But... Yeah, it didn't go as planned for them in, in the Marsh Cup so far, but still a few more games left to make up for it for them. That's right, that's right. Um, but on the other side of things, in the Sheffield Shields, obviously uh, the wearing white format, um, they're actually dominating. And they're obviously yeah, they're two from two. They're the only team that's two from two, I think, isn't that right, Has So Great. they're sitting, yep. at the, uh, sitting at the top of the table there. And then in that format, Warner and Smith obviously have both sort of scored centuries. Um, and then, yeah, they've actually probably like – it's weird watching Smith because in that Ashes series, we just talked about the fact that no one could get him out. But he's come back to sort of Sheffield Shield cricket and I don't know if it's just like a he mentally like needs a bit of a rest or – but he actually he has scored that 100. But then aside from that, probably both him and Warner outside of their 100, they actually really haven't made large contributions that you probably would expect them to in home conditions and, and with a, a, an upcoming test series again, I guess. Tough gig shield cricket, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fair. Very, very fair. Um, yeah, no, outstanding. Um, what about boys? I wanted to get your opinion on this one, Has. Um, Harry Conway <laughs> played the first game. That was against Queensland, I reckon. Um, yep, yep. Played the first game, took 10 for, for the match, <laughs> dropped the next game. Yeah, no, tough one. I was talking to him after the game, actually, and uh, you know, we were discussing what was going to happen the next game with a couple of guys coming back couple of, uh, you know, Lyon being available from injury, O'Keefe coming back from injury as well on, on a more spin-friendly wicket uh, down in Sydney. They ended up playing at Dremoy, not at the SCG because the pitch was messed up from rugby league season still. But, uh, but yeah, and, and unfortunately, Harry was the one who had to make way. I guess they still had Copeland, Abbott and Stark as their other three quicks. So it's hard to drop any of those with, with their record. And, and they have been bowling really well despite... Um, Conway getting the 10-wicket haul, I guess. It's not all about wickets, and it's not always the best bowler on the day that gets the most wickets. It's a team effort, and, and everyone can be bowling well, and one bowler getting the rewards for it. Yeah, very fair, Has. I'm just sort of putting myself in uh, shoes of a selector there for a second, and if you're um, walking up to someone that's just taking 10 for a gun, sorry, mate, but I actually <laughs> thought you weren't too bad in that previous game, but you are obviously going to carry the drinks <laughs> This particular one, I'm not sure that that's going down so well at uh, at grade cricket. No, yeah. certainly not. But yeah, no, they probably also don't have Nathan Lyon taking a spot in grade cricket, I guess. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, speaking of taking ten for in grade cricket, lethal, you did not do that on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> one of your great segues, skin. Do you um, want to give us a rundown on on the the tough day at the office well, on Saturday? No, not really. Um, but I'll yeah, I'll do my best. We uh, yeah we. Well, we've made plenty of um, my cricket highlights, which is great. A bit, bit stiff. Some of the comments on the uh, on the my cricket page that just <laughs> panned our uh, our bowling attack. Um, but no, we did. We went the journey. Um, I think they made four hundred and fifteen uh, in the day. And at one stage, we actually thought we were going quite well. And then Nathan McSweeney went from a hundred to one hundred and fifty in fifteen balls, and then one hundred and fifty to two hundred in eighteen balls. Really slowed yeah, down so in the back after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was creeping along. I don't know what was going on. So, <laughs> um, yeah, what is a very good batter, and he got a couple of hundreds in our Bulls preseason games. And he um, also got a couple of hundreds in one day, just yeah, Saturday. Sure did. Probably, probably uh, one that I didn't mind missing out on uh, yeah, on Saturday. Uh, just, yeah. just like you know, I love playing for Redlands and all, but <laughs> but on a hot a hot <laughs> Saturday, stand out in the field all day. I mean, I might have got a bowl. I might might have got a couple overs under the belt. Definitely would have got a bowl. I can guarantee it. If there was one game you were going to bowl, that would. Have been. <laughs> so, having said that, everyone that we did bowl, um, yeah, after we went to a hundred, they most certainly got met. Um, probably my favourite memory from the day. Obviously, I, didn't, I wasn't a huge fan at the time, uh, being captain and, and looking for ways to get him out. Honan, <laughs> Lachlan Honan, uh, he's been mentioned on the show. He's bowled some really good, it's bowled some really good stuff this year. But he sort of came on. Uh, obviously, when Buddha was in full flight, um, bowled this ball, let go of it, and said, <laughs> <laughs> he genuinely said before it was halfway down the wicket, 
Oh, that's six. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really not overly inspiring, yeah. but uh, he was correct. It most definitely did go for six. What, um, what was the delivery? <laughs> what was? It was, he came to me and said, I'm trying to buy wide Yorkers. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a great call. Like, that's, we haven't seen him hit one of them for six yet, so let's, uh, let's try that. <laughs> and uh, he let go of it and it was not a wide Yorker. It was a half volley yeah. on the stumps. Yeah, perfect. Um, and it most certainly got dispatched. Uh, uh, so, uh, so just to clarify, he, you had everyone on the boundary and he wasn't picking gaps and hitting fours. He was just backing himself to clear the rope. Yeah, well, he also picked gaps and hit fours okay, at one stage, right, yeah, but okay. he was mostly uh, backing himself to clear the rope. So there was certainly so, no dinking in and getting twos. Yeah, good. That's a fair display. Mm, it was actually. Um, and what about, did, were there any, any? obviously that's a, that's a tough enough day already, but were there any major blunders along the way? Could you, I, know, <laughs> I know without trying to... Uh, steer the limelight too too much. I, I know I dropped a catch on the weekend on a bloke yeah, that, that was, was on. That was a tough one I heard. Yeah, yeah, real real tough catch straight in the bread basket at first slip <laughs> to a bloke that was on zero who then peeled off seventy. So anything any stories like that? Yeah, we did we did drop him. Well, we actually dropped him once at short leg, which was a very tough chance. He was only on three then, so that didn't cost us very many. Um, <laughs> and then we also dropped him when he got to a hundred. And John Stimson, I'm sure he probably won't be thrilled with me saying this, but. Um, He's a great man, uh, but he dropped probably in the top five easiest catches I've ever seen. Dropped in my entire life. Uh, Lucky you didn't see mine. Yeah, but that's true. Um, and you never, you never want someone to call you a great man, do you? Because then you know this is that's a real bad spray <laughs> coming soon afterwards. There was a backhand coming. Yeah, up yeah. Got it. That's right. Yeah, no, sorry, John. Um, but yeah, he he made an absolute meal deal of one at mid off, um, which we didn't even really sort of react to because it got to the point where we were like, this is a debacle. And then John just sort of like laid an egg. <laughs> and this, we, the only reason we knew that he dropped it is because he just groaned. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously we um, we gave him the nickname of sort of Bucket after that, um, which he wasn't real fond of. He just sort of, as he left the, uh, the dressing rooms at the end of the day, he just said, just John will be fine. Thanks, boys. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was a quality, quality day at the office. But as I've said, Skinnell, and I think you um, you used this as a quote on Instagram, uh, we're actually numb for 24 because the good thing about getting met was they declared early, so we got to start mm. batting. So we're pretty much there anyway. Yeah. Um, 24. Yeah, almost. That's chewed off plenty. I think if you can get to 24, you can get to 400 and well, 30. Can <laughs> I do it? Right, yeah, I just got to do it another 100 times or whatever. Maths is not great. Yeah, um, no, math sucks, but yeah. Yeah, get the idea. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, it's probably time for a little change of tactic. Let's go to a segment that we haven't done for obviously the entire time we've been on break. Yeah, boys, I've uh, heard a couple recently that that I thought, yeah, that's one that you hear far too often and and uh, gets thrown around a lot. And two of those sort of come under the same the same boat, uh, which is. You're on top, yeah. You're going pretty well. You've had a good start to the game, and and the uh, the, the coach or captain will say in their motivational speech in the huddle or in the change rooms, keep the foot on the throat or oh. put the put the nail in the coffin, boys. Yeah, that's a crazy one. That one, I think you hear that so often. Yeah. Like no matter no matter what sport it is, either. I think it's just always across every sport. Keep the foot on the throat. Quite yeah, we were just we were just thinking about letting them back in the game, actually. You know, just just, <laughs> yeah. just to keep it interesting for the spectators. But yeah, if you say so, I guess we'll right. keep going hard. Yeah. yeah, right. We have got out to a three try lead, so I guess we should let them score the next two, and then we'll yeah. bring it back again. to a nail biter. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, no, very good, Has. You're always good at you're good at recognizing yeah. these. Actually, <laughs> um, another one watching watching a footy game, and and uh, after the game, the commentators are doing a bit of a rundown, and they go. Yeah, well, it was a game of two halves, really. Oh, well, yeah, probably was a game of two halves, seeing <laughs> they, they played two 40-minute halves. Yeah, correct. And then AFL, you never hear people say that either because it's quarters, and you never hear people say it's uh, a game, game of four quarters. quarters. <laughs> that would just be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but they always say it in rugby, game of two halves. Yeah, it's fair. Hard to argue with, I guess, has. Yeah, I guess they, they try and use it in the context where one team dominated one half and one team dominated the other. So I'm being picky there, but... Nah, that's, but yeah. that's the reason this segment was made. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. for you to be picky, so keep it coming. 
Final one for, for the uh, podcast this episode is uh, I hear it a lot in cricket because I play cricket a lot, but I've also heard it in nearly every other sport at some stage, and that's when they say, uh, it's a funny old game, cricket. But It's really not, though. We just talked about how it's not funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the weekend. Very rarely is it funny, but uh, I've heard them say, uh, it's a funny game, tennis, or it's a funny game, golf, or <laughs> someone comes back in a, in a game of... Touch for footy, oh, it's, a, it's a funny game. Touch, just. No. I want to hear a bit of like, yeah, it's a it's a funny old game, equestrian. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you reckon that happens in those sporting circles as well? We have to get some equestrian. It's a funny game, oh. darts. <laughs> <laughs> darts. <laughs> Definitely um, applied across all those sports. Maybe in the in the context of your game on Saturday, it was funny in that if you, the old if you don't laugh you'll cry sort of situation. Mm. Well, I did probably both of those. Yeah, um, the other good news, though, boys, that I should mention, actually, while we've got the chance, is that I went straight from there, from cricket, uh, to the Metro Cup final where the Redlands Crushers, we've had Brad Russell on the podcast before, you remember that. Um, the Redlands yep. Crushers actually won uh, won the flag there. So they are the premiers for the Metro Cup, which was pretty unreal to all the Redlands boys, the massive listeners of the show. They all wanted interviews, but... Um, obviously we weren't provide, able to provide that service with only one of us on the spot and zero microphones. <laughs> so no, it was awesome. We were up. watching a bit of the replay uh, the other day, analysing the game, watching a few of the tries. That was pretty That's cool. Right. Was some very impressive ones. They were on fire. They were quality. So well done, boys, and uh, thanks for listening. Um, now, Skinnel. Yes. I think that we do have to get to um, this segment for you. Should I play the – I mean, it's not exactly an official segment, but we'll play it because it's a great, yeah, it's a great tune. It's a good tune. Thank you, Lethal. Um, yeah, yeah. so a bit indecisive there because really skin stats for the last few weeks has just been the wrap of the Rugby World Cup and I'm going to continue that theme this week. Have you retired um, or what's doing here? Can we get some work out of you in the skin stats? Right? You need some more emails, don't you? Yeah, a couple more emails would be handy. But, I mean, I put so much work into the, this, this big spreadsheet for, for this one event. It only comes around every few years. I might as well make the most of it. Every four years, I think you're fine. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> For a stats man, you're really struggling. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, shucks. Get off me back. Um, anyways, so what, what, what happened in the Rugby World Cup? Australia made it through to the finals as, as predicted by the big spreadsheet. Um, they played England in the quarterfinals and got dusted, which I also predicted. So I'm, I was going well there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, and I'm at, by, uh, at the end of the round games, I think I'd ended up with 29 correct tips from 37. So it's not bad. Well, That's yeah. only eight wrong if my math is correct. Yeah. Yeah. You've done well there. Thank you. Yeah, spot on. Um, so, yeah, that's a 78% accuracy or whatever it is, which I was pretty happy with given I know nothing about rugby union. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it actually managed to predict, which I was really surprised about, like a couple of the the quarterfinals correctly, um, like, like the teams that competed in them and, and the result of those games because, I mean, you sort of had to get a lot of games right to pick who was going to end up going through to play each other in the quarterfinals. Um, so, so I was pretty happy with that. So I'd, I think, what did I have? The only ones I got wrong, I had predicted Scotland to go through to the corner finals, but um, Japan Japan upset them, which was devastating for me, but maybe it came down to the, the home ground advantage, which I said I couldn't, I hadn't really accounted for in my data. So that was... you got to be better than that, Skin. No, you got to account for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I should have. Poor oversight, really. That's all right. Maybe in four years' time I'll have I'll have, I'll have the spreadsheet You'll up. You'll be doing a spreadsheet yeah. far before then, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, there's, yeah, it's my, cricket I World Cup's coming up. going bananas this year. I already tell from the skin stats. I've had plenty of requests from people that they want to see some more spreadsheets for different competitions. So okay, they want they want to put, they want to put some money on on yeah. sport here, and they want to want to yeah, help. Yeah, with well, it. they should have been putting money on the, on the World Cup with this. You would have come back. Maybe the great. darts because it's a funny old game. So uh, it's a spreadsheet <laughs> for that. Yeah, no, but if I'm pumping out a spreadsheet for for every tournament, then by the next Rugby World Cup, it should be good to go. So South Africa played Japan rather than Ireland, and there was one other one that I had I had wrong. New Zealand played Ireland instead of Scotland. Um, but anyways, so what ended up happening, Lethal? Yeah, just went on a time schedule here. Yeah, yeah no, that's all right. Anyways, quarterfinals, Wales beat France, South Africa beat Japan, um, New Zealand beat Ireland, and yeah, as I said, England dusted Australia. Then we had the semifinals last weekend. Last weekend? Last week. Last, last weekend, week. And yeah. 
Sunday night. And um, yeah, the big upset, England, England beat New Zealand, which ruined my whole spreadsheet. So yeah. that hurts. Yeah, correct. Um, that was Saturday night, actually. The next game was Sunday night. But yeah, that was that has ruined you, isn't it? Because yeah. New Zealand were meant to win for skin stats. Yeah, was, they were, yeah, they were meant to win the whole. That was the whole so, point. That was the whole yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> so that hurts. Um, so yeah, as much as much success as I'd had throughout the round games, it all all came to an end. Um, but then I, I it predicted the the South Africa Wales game. It picked South Africa to win, and then and then yeah, now we've got a an England South Africa grand final coming up. On the second of November, so it'll be interesting to see who wins that. Very good. Well, Skinner, let's give you a chance to uh, try and redeem yourself here. All right. What about this for a question? Just to see, it's obviously failed with skin stats, but that's okay. You uh, and has in a little race here. This is something I like to call the stupid test. Obviously, I got this question right straight away, so I just wanted to pass it on to you. Where is this no, come from? Uh, this I think wasn't in the planning planning documents. Uh, <laughs> no, put us on the spot. <laughs> the reason it's called the stupid test, it would be stupid if I let you know that it was in the document. Uh, so this okay, was in the, this you. was just in my personal document. Um, heart rate's getting up now. No, here we go. All right, so test your buzzers, girls. Uh, yep, uh, yep, that's pretty much yours. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Wait, uh, okay. Are we Skin meant to have like a sound or something? No. Okay. Because I'm not that prepared. All right. Um, Perfect. <laughs> so, Skin. Yep. And has. Before Mount Everest was discovered, what was the tallest mountain in the world? Mount Kosciuszko. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Skin. To be fair to has, I think I've heard, I think I've copped this riddle before. <laughs> I'm what is say, the answer? Everest was oh. still the tallest mountain. Oh, just, has, just just at the moment of realisation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me with the wording there. Oh, <laughs> outstanding. Has, we got one more for you. See, see if you can make a comeback here. All right, there was an aeroplane crash. Quite sad. Uh, every single person died, but two people survived. How is this possible? Two people were married or... Oh, couples bang Hazlitt Jeez you were oh. breathing heavily Into the microphone I could only well, hear your breath Well once I knew You were trying to stitch us up With riddles there Not genuine questions I thought it was a genuine like, Geography question or something no. Well I've got you with one um, So I'll take that one from you. Very good <laughs> Should have known better Very very good Hazlitt Now Haz You've somehow managed to sneak This flame and surfing rap in <laughs> Can you oh, Just to be fair I like your surfing raps Just that Never do you actually talk about Any Australians And we're meant to be this Australian sporting <laughs> it's, it's been a tough year for the Aussies in the surfing like, they usually do really well but they've been struggling a little bit and I'll try and be quick because I know you two aren't, aren't fans of me taking too much time about the surfing but I'm sure everyone listening loves hearing about the surfing too yeah. if they surf yeah. they probably like it yeah well they should be watching but I'm sure they're not so I'll keep them up to date okay. yeah <laughs> so the, on the women's side Hawaiian Chris Moore is on top of the leaderboard after placing third in Portugal the most recent competition American Lakey Peterson's in second after coming second in Panish and the winner of the Portugal Pro Caroline Marks is now in third uh, and below that Aussies Sally Fitzgibbon and Steph Gilmore are fourth and fifth respectively with one event left Fitzgibbons is just under 10,000 points behind Chris Moore, who's first um, and the winner of the Hawaiian Pro which is the last event will get 10,000 points so it sounds like she's a potential to, to still come first but even a last place um from Carissa will get her 1,000 points, which means Sally is out of reach with the world title, unfortunately. On to the men's side. It's very tight at the top of the leaderboard now after uh, after the Portugal Pro with Italo Ferreira jumping into first after winning there. Gabe Medina in second, Geordie Smith third, Felipe Toledo fourth, all within 2,000 points of each other. Uh, the two closest Aussies are Owen Wright and Julian Wilson, and uh, they've slipped out of title contention being in seventh and 11th place, respectively. That was so the Australians that we could talk about stink. Yeah, there's there's quite a few on tour, but they yeah they've all had pretty poor years, unfortunately. Um, both both of those guys have been in title races in the past, but not this year. Um, and and there was a bit of controversy coming out of the Portugal Pro with uh, an interference priority call on Gabriel Medina. I know you guys will know exactly what I'm talking what about. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was in his fourth round heat against Kiowa Belly. Um, and because he had this interference call on him, only his single best wave score was counted in his total heat score. The priority interference call ca- occurred when both surfers went and paddled for the same wave, but only Abelli had the priority. So therefore, when Medina negatively affected Abelli's wave, he was penalised for it. Um, in the end, 
you know, it's Medina's responsibility to check the flag on the beach, which tells the surface who has priority. It has a color on it, so they know who's who has first choice of the next wave that comes through. Uh, however, Medina's, you know, uh, his reason for doing doing so and not even bothered to checking, he said he challenged the decision saying that he shouldn't have needed the check because he should have had priority because he made it out the back first and, and was waiting for the next wave before Kyo did um, after their previous waves. So he thought he should have had the priority. But it looks like upon reflection, I think the right decision seems to have been made. Mm. Well, it won't surprise you to know that neither of us can contribute a single thing to that has so uh, I'm just going to agree with you, which is not usually something I like doing, but I'm happy to agree with you on this particular one. You'll have to. How can I? Yeah, I haven't got much to contribute, obviously, but can I just ask, I assume some listeners like me have no idea about surfing. How? So if he thinks he should have had priority because he got out the back first, what? With the people on the beach with the flags, what what did they say that made them disagree with that? Yeah, well, you can challenge it after the heat and, and challenge the decision if it affected the result of the heat. And they they sometimes do resurfs actually um, if there's time. But but they did look at the footage afterwards and, and they decided that Medina was just wrong. And uh, after they both surfed their previous waves, Kyo got out to the back of the lineup before Medina and he was waiting beforehand. They were actually quite spread apart in the in the ocean at that stage. They they were a couple of hundred meters down the beach from one another. Okay. Um, so it was hard to tell exactly. And then they ended up coming together before that next wave came came through that they both wanted to take. Right. So in that case where they've sort of been floating out the back for a few minutes and no one's sort of there's not an yep. obvious answer. How, how how have they picked like it is it, it goes off the last wave. So whoever whoever the last wave and and has been waiting out the back the least okay. amount of time okay. has to wait. All right. Gotcha. Thanks, Haz. Very, very good, Haz. Very impressive once again. Now, uh, something was it probably actually deserves uh, a little bit more of a wrap than we're going to give it just because, again, uh, we suck with the timing situation. Um, but Australia actually won the Constellation Cup against New Zealand in the netball the other day as well, which they actually have held since 2012. So pretty handy effort that um, which was unreal. Uh, and then actually our, our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, he was actually out there watching that game. Uh, he's been everywhere recently. There's like, there's like a Prime Minister's 11, 13. Like there's a Prime Minister's game for every sport at the moment. He's been running drinks for the cricket. He was running drinks for rugby league at one stage. Has he's he's been doing plenty there. Yeah, I just need to start running drinks for the farmers. I think at the moment has <laughs> <laughs> taken us into oh, political areas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon he. I reckon he's got must have thousands of flags in his cupboard because he's at every different sporting event with different flags. He's he's throwing <laughs> above his head. So, no, good to see. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, all right, so yeah, very well done to the netball girls again. Fantastic effort that. Um, boys, we're excited about this, obviously. We mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Very, very important that we do get through this. All right, guys, let me explain uh, the basis for our social sim bins this week. They were actually very easy to find. All you need to do is watch the International 2020 on the weekend and have a look uh, at a couple of social media platforms and you would have found them quite easily. Glenn Maxwell, you might have seen, guys, he was mic'd up, obviously, speaking to the commentators. Uh, He commentated himself through a run-out, basically where he obviously threw in, attacked the ball, called run-out, and then threw the ball to the keeper, uh, Carey, he was run out by quite a distance. It was it was very, very impressive. Obviously, you've yeah. seen plenty of times before how people love the players that are commentating, telling exactly what's going to happen. Shane Warne, bowling Brendan McCollum around his legs, springs to mind. Uh, there's quite a few sort of examples that we've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but where, where we get some social symbionts um, is that we then went on, obviously that video sort of went viral. Plenty of people were watching it and impressed by it. Um, big <laughs> Abby here, Abby. Um, he has commented, first one, quite literally the most meaningful thing the big show has ever done was the run out. Obviously, uh, obviously he respects fielding a lot. You know, oh, yeah. he, uh, yes. you know that, there's that thing, catches win matches, and, and obviously run outs are a similar, yeah. similar thing yeah, to that. So. a clever rhyme for run outs. But <laughs> no, I, I haven't heard one, no. Okay. no. Um, but Skin, I think like Glenn Maxwell, in the same game, scored some runs, mm. obviously. I think yeah. you've actually got quite a few stats. You're a stats man. You've yeah. got quite a few things that would prove that that's probably not the most meaningful thing he's yeah. ever done. Yeah, well, I, I saw that comment and sort of thought it was a pretty big call, so I wanted to sort of have a look at what else Glenn Maxwell's been up to in his in his career and 
Yeah, obviously you had to look back about half an hour to realise he just whacked 62 off 28, which was pretty impressive. <laughs> um, he also hit in a, a, another T20 international against Sri Lanka in 2018. He hit 145 in mm. 2020. That's, That's not a bad effort. Handy That's yeah. only the 15th highest individual score ever yep. um, in a T20, which is not bad. He, he's actually the number one ranked 2020 international all-rounder and the number two 2020 international batsman, which is... Surely a bit more impressive than, than a run out. Than a run out. <laughs> yeah, tough I mean, to do. It tough to do it, but the only good thing you've ever done is a run out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, they rate hot run outs highly yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, obviously, rates are very high. I mean, it was it was an impressive run out. That was a genuine laser beam from a long way away, but I'd, I'd take the number one ranked all rounder in the world any day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he averages 35 at a strike rate of 160 in 2020s, which is certainly not to be sneezed at, um, yeah. and 32 at 120 at 123 in ODIs. So he's, he's not struggling, not to mention he's played a few test matches. Not to mention it, it doesn't even specify the most meaningful thing he's done in cricket. Like, I don't know what Glenn Maxwell gets up into in his spare time, but he's probably got some other things going on, I'd like to think. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. It's probably a few things <laughs> behind the scenes. There. I know he definitely interviewed Haz when Haz was on debut for Australia, so that was probably pretty meaningful in his life as well, Haz. Yeah. That was, that was when you had no hair, Haz. That was full skinhead back then. Yeah, nearly back to that stage now again, but... Um, <laughs> Me too. Not a person. Not, <laughs> not optional. That's right. The old um, penalty spot. Oh, easy <laughs> uh, Now, the next comment actually uh, came from Damon, uh, who used the exact same run out to justify pretty much the full opposite, 360 degrees, and used that run out to say he should be playing in all three formats. Mm. Again... Massive I'm not call. sure that you can justify that on the basis of running someone out. Yes. Two uh, two comments on the opposite end of the spectrum, isn't it? One's yeah, yeah. quite a negative one. One's a very yeah. positive one. Yeah, um, it seems strange. Yeah, that we've just we've given Max. I've, well, I've given Maxwell this massive rap, and now I'm going to say it's probably not a good enough reason to pick him in all three formats. But yeah, that makes that makes no yeah, sense. But I mean, the rap was more on his twenty stats, first class stats are not quite as impressive. I don't think. But Damon did get a lot more thumbs up on that comment. Uh, twenty three compared to three. So uh, I don't know. You got some laughing faces as well, has they yeah. count? So I reckon a few people would probably like. Laughing at it, social with him. Simbin, mate. <laughs> That's what they actually mean by the laughing face. Um, now then, and then, guys, we get to uh, the David Warner comments. Um, so, so we've got here uh, some brilliant ones. In fact, um, David Warner, obviously, who we mentioned, got his hundred in that twenty twenty. Uh, from Rob, he says, seriously, he should never have been in the test team. Just a slogger since he started in twenty twenty, which is more about riding your luck, swinging at everything. Be cool. No. <laughs> That's incorrect on so many fronts. Um, for starters. Rob knows his stuff, doesn't he? Well, I'm not convinced. As <laughs> um, David Warner's played 79 test matches now. Mm-hmm. He's scored 6,500 runs at uh, an average of 45, 2100s and 3050s. They're not bad stats, once again. Yeah, I'm not sure there's too many other openers in the country that have those stats in Test cricket over the last few years. I don't, don't know how we would have gone if uh, if there was a different guy in, in his place instead. But yeah. yeah, so I really struggle to uh, to sort of work that out. And the other thing that I don't like about this comment is 2020 is not about riding your luck. There's probably the most skill involved in some of the shots that we see people yeah. play in this game in terms of like Glenn Maxwell playing like reverse ramps the other day and like we see paddle sweeps and switch hits. And like I'm pretty sure there's some skill involved in the game. That's why people don't play those shots in Test cricket because it's so hard and so risky. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, Rob, you've robbed us of some time there and you are going for 10 in the bin as well. Now, how's... This is a new segment, something we are going to trial here for the first time. Um, we're unsure of how you're going to go, but uh, give yourself your best possible chance. As don't, uh, don't take too long introducing it. You'll defeat the purpose. Yeah. But. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, this, this is simply called a minute to thin it has. Um, and what that means is that uh, there's plenty of things that we haven't yet got through on this particular podcast, but is actually prevalent and relevant news in this particular week. You've got 60 seconds to try and get through as much of it as humanly possible has. Ooh. Australian Alex Dimonor, unfortunately lost to Roger Federer in the final of the Swiss indoor tennis comp. 
Australia dominated the Rugby League World Cup nines in Western Sydney event, beating New Zealand in the final with Cook Islands and Lebanon also having some surprise victories throughout the competition, which is a great sign for World Rugby League. The Australian junior kangaroos ran right over France with a 62-4 victory and the top team defeated New Zealand in the Trans-Tasman Clash 26-4. Funny thing is, I reckon the under-23 side would probably beat the men's team. Big call, I know, but uh, they've got a pretty impressive lineup. Uh, also, the NRL have announced that the 2020 club pre-season nines competition will be held in Perth. In the past, clubs have sent second string teams to this event to save big name players from injury. However, the NRL has thrown incentives at this comp next year, left, right and centre with the winning team picking up a million dollars prize money and if that same club goes on to win the NRL Premiership, they're awarded a further million dollars. Pretty impressive. Finally, Australian Ben Simmons has contributed heavily to his team's perfect start of three from three to the NBA season, including scoring a team high 24 points in the Philadelphia 76ers opening match victory over Boston Celtics. That is not bad, has not bad at all. You genuinely, I reckon, probably two seconds over. That's not a bad. <laughs> I don't even have the time in front of me. I might have been able to speak a bit quicker if I saw the timer in front of me there. But Sorry, we'll, uh, we'll sort that out for next time. That's a technical difficulty. But there wasn't many on this particular podcast, guys. Um, fantastic episode. Our first episode back, sorry, for season two, um, which is fantastic. We've got through quite a bit, plenty of cricket to talk about, and there will be for the next sort of five months, I guess. We look forward to obviously getting into the big bash and covering that. Um, obviously, Skin, if people want to check us out, where do they need to go? We've actually got a new email address as well, which we should let people know about. That is hello at wegotthechocolates.com.au. So very official and impressive. Uh, but plenty of socials to get around, aren't there, Skin? There are, yep. We're, we're still on Facebook, going strong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> haven't haven't lost the login or anything yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, Instagram as well. We've got a YouTube account. Haven't taken us down yet. Uh, no, yeah, no. No, haven't breached any, any sort of terms need, and conditions. Need to get a bit more controversial, obviously, with our posts. Well, we probably could. Uh, how's if you want to get nude at once? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what else? We, we've got a Twitter account. It's probably hasn't been wildly active recently, has it? Uh, well, I mean, it's wildly active. It's just got about 11 followers, so it's not hugely appreciated, but there's some really good stuff on there. <laughs> um, and as always, yeah, yeah, can contact us in uh, through the email address if you if you have any brilliant ideas or, or questions for skin stats or anything you like that. you got name drop on the show, you want skin on to feature you in a skin stats segment, you've got someone to put in the social simbin, all of those things would be unbelievable. Um, guys, we have obviously appreciated you listening to our first episode back. This is episode 16. We do actually have episode 17 coming this week as well, which will be an interview with Kate McCarthy. Uh, we look forward to having you then. If you enjoyed the episode, please get on Apple Podcast, uh, rate it, subscribe to it, make sure that you don't miss an episode. Thank you very much for being with us. Thanks, boys. See you guys. See you. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.